from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that roots through the garbage of history to find old stories worth salvaging. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today, we're talking about the time when a ship full of trash took a months-long cruise through the Gulf of Mexico and convinced the world that recycling might not be such a bad idea. The day was March 22, 1987. A barge carrying nearly 7 million pounds of trash set sail from Islip, New York, and spent the next five months looking for somewhere to dump it. The barge, known as Mobro 4000, was towed by a tugboat called Break of Dawn. The boat was captained by Duffy St. Pierre and was bound for Moorhead City, North Carolina, where its cargo, more than 3,000 tons of New York garbage, would be used in a trial program to turn trash into energy. However, by the time the barge arrived at its destination, North Carolina had backed out of the deal, leaving the fully loaded barge adrift with nowhere else to go. Over the next several months, the barge was towed to five other states and three foreign countries, but was turned away every time. The mastermind behind this doomed endeavor was an entrepreneur named Lowell Harrelson. He was in the construction business at the time, 
but with the energy crisis of the 1970s still fresh on everyone's mind, he was looking for a way to expand into alternative energy. While researching the subject, he hit upon the notion of converting trash into a source of fuel. It was a sound idea, because as anyone with a compost pile knows, when organic waste decomposes, it emits a gas called methane, which can be used to produce power. This means that, in theory, if you had a large enough pile of garbage, you could produce a ton of methane, turn it into electricity, and then sell that to the energy grid of a power-hungry city. Decades later, landfills do produce energy that way, but in the late 1980s, it was a new and largely untested idea. Harrelson knew there was money to be made, but in order to get his hands on it, he would first need to source a whole lot of garbage. He had heard about New York City's dwindling landfill space, so he figured that would be the perfect place to buy some excess trash. He eventually worked out a deal with Salvatore Avellino, a local mob boss who happened to control the trash hauling business in Long Island. Next, Harrelson found a landfill in North Carolina that was willing to accept the trash and let him capture the methane that it generated. Everything was falling into place, and the last obstacle remaining was to find a way to transport that massive amount of garbage that he needed. Sending a huge pile of trash to a different state wasn't a new concept. New York City's landfills were just about full in the 1980s, so the city had started paying other, less populous states to take its garbage, including North Carolina. However, sending the trash by barge, that was new. In the preceding years, the city had only hauled garbage out of state by truck, but Harrelson found that it was much cheaper by volume to use a barge instead. And so, with all the arrangements made, Harrelson's 20-foot-high pile of garbage was finally ready to set sail on March 22, 1987. The voyage was novel enough that the press reported on it, and spectators even turned out to watch the barge make its way down the coast. Harrelson had saved money by hiring a barge instead of a fleet of trucks, but he hadn't considered the optics. The more the public saw of a massive barge laden with garbage, the less they liked the idea of it being unloaded in their town. Pretty soon, rumors began to swirl that the barge contained medical waste and other hazardous material, and a photo showing a bedpan tucked in the pile further fueled the controversy. By the time the barge reached North Carolina, residents had already started complaining to their state officials. They were too late to stop the barge from docking, but they succeeded in getting a court order that blocked the trash from being unloaded anywhere in North Carolina. To get away from the public eye, Harrelson instructed Captain Duffy to take the barge out to open ocean and to drop anchor there until he could figure out what to do next. Eventually, other states agreed to let the barge unload, but everywhere it went, angry crowds numbering in the thousands were waiting to turn it away. That's the way it went in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. In between those rejections, the barge was followed overhead by a helicopter, and footage of the debacle was played on the nightly news. Reporters and newscasters lampooned the barge at every turn, leading to a host of colorful nicknames, including the Flying Dutchman of Trash, 
the barge to nowhere, the floating hot potato, and of course, the gar barge. At one point, hoping to put an end to the controversy, the EPA was called in to inspect the trash. Officials donned protective suits and breathing masks, but in the end, they didn't find anything toxic, just your basic garbage. But by then, it was too late. The barge had become a symbol of America's trash problem, and no one wanted to be seen as complicit by allowing that symbol to come ashore. In fact, even though Harrelson never tried to send the barge to a foreign country, three independent nations, Mexico, Cuba, and Belize, sent out their defense forces to make sure the barge didn't wander too close to their docks. One NBC reporter described the encounter with Mexico and Cuba by saying the barge had been, quote, chased away by the warplanes of two nations. After several months at sea, and after wasting a fortune's worth of fuel, the Gar Barge simply turned around and went right back where it came from. It returned to New York Harbor on June 17th, having logged roughly 6,000 miles at sea, all the way to Central America and back again. The barge remained floating in the harbor for another month and a half, while state officials debated what exactly to do with it. Duffy St. Pierre, the captain of the barge's tugboat, later put the legal wrangling in context. He explained, quote, By that time, we had so much bad publicity. They were saying Jimmy Hoffa was buried in the barge, and it was carrying nuclear waste, and you name it. So they didn't want it. They wanted us to get out. Eventually, a deal was struck that allowed the barge to unload in New York City. Its cargo was incinerated in Brooklyn that August, and on September 1st, the first truckload of ash from that waste was buried at the landfill in Islip, the very place from which the garbage had originated. The embarrassing saga continued to generate national headlines and news reports for weeks to come. Dan Rather called it, quote, the most watched load of garbage in the memory of man. Tonight Show host Johnny Carson also got a lot of mileage out of the story, especially once an enterprising mail-order company began selling packets of actual garbage allegedly sourced from the infamous barge. The company advised interested customers to get their orders in fast because, quote, the cockroach eggs are starting to hatch. Carson later opened one of the packages on the air to see if it really was full of trash. Here's how that went. It's called Garbarge, and you can cost, what, ten bucks? Ten dollars. And it gives you on the back, it shows you the, the story of the barge. The story of the barge and where it went, and is there really garbage in here? That's what they say, it smells. <laughs> Open it up. Meatloaf. <laughs> Nearly 40 years later, America's efforts to dispose of or recycle its trash have improved by leaps and bounds, but there's still a long way left to go. For example, New York City now sends about 23,000 tons of garbage out of the city every day, the equivalent of seven Mobro barges. The mantra seems to be out of sight, out of mind but that approach can only work, or appear to work, for so long. And that's what makes this ridiculous barge story worth remembering. 
it's a reminder that refusing to deal with a problem doesn't mean it will just float away. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Definitely drop me a line if you know where I can get my hands on one of those souvenir trash packets. I know I've got plenty of perfectly good trash at home, but it's not nearly as historic or well-traveled. So if you've got any leads, let me know. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.